This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. Is it not going to be a bit longer than that? No, that's, that's what she said. <laughs> yeah, true. Actually, that is what she said. Okay. We ready for the outro? Oh, yeah. Intro? No, I've done it. I wasn't nah, recording. Yeah, oh, for fuck's sake. That's the, that's the intro right there. Yeah. That yeah. Oh, damn. Cheers, Nick. <laughs> 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 you got played. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant, Micah. You are the, you're the best producer, trust me. <laughs> Oi, Sorry, Sam, but he is. <laughs> it's true, it's true, it's true. <laughs> Homestale Radio, Football Blogging Award Finalist 2015. It's Sunday, it's seven o'clock, it's Whole Radio, and I'm your host tonight, Nick Gillard. As the sun sets on another Premier League season, we're going to take a look at today's 4-1 defeat to Southampton at the New Dell. Later, we've got a portion of a great interview with Phil Barber, and to end, we'll be looking at Paul Doris Hinshelwood as a wildcard entry for our Ultimate 25. Should you want to get in touch with us, you can go to our chat room, where Alex will be, and that's wholeradio.net forward slash chat. Um... And we're at Hull Radio on Twitter and Holmesdale Radio on Facebook. Uh, we'll be getting on with things soon, but first this. Every picture tells a story. Keep up to date with ours on Instagram at Holmesdale Radio. Well, there you go. You can do Instagram as well. Patrick, hello. Hello, Nick. How are you? I'm not too bad. I've had a, a bit of a manic Sunday, as it were. You, you've been playing football. Yeah, my uh, my men's team, we had a semi-final today, but we lost 3-0, so I'm a little upset and a little bit sore, but I'll get over it. Is it worse to lose in a semi than it is to lose in a final, Patrick? To be honest with you, I haven't lost many semi-finals, I've only lost, so um, I would probably say worse to lose in a final. I'll let you know next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's good to know that you'll be over here, I'm sure we'll talk about that later on. We've also got Alex Penge, hello Alex. Hello Nick, how are you? I'm, I'm just as well as I was when Patrick asked me, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so, what, you've been a while since you've been on. What have you been up to? Uh, I've been stressing over my fantasy team today. I'm, I'm second in the Homestead Fantasy League, and unfortunately I've fallen short. Just like Brighton. Whee! 
I never, I never got off the last page of that league table <laughs> thing, but I've beaten Gel. Talking of Gel, he's meant to be with us tonight, but he's, he seems to have disappeared a little bit like Balassi and Zaha did today. Um, were you expecting anything from the game today, Alex? Not necessarily. Uh, I was expecting a lot more rotation than what we saw. Um, you know, I know we haven't got a, a big squad and, a, and as big a squad as we thought we did uh, earlier on in the season. But you know, by the end of that game today, I thought a lot of players just looked absolutely shattered. And it's something that we keep talking about it show after show that you know there needs to be major improvement in summer because you know, the likes of Delaney today, Wards, just I thought they just looked absolutely knackered and. You know, it's not good. It's not good of a cup final, probably one of our biggest games past couple of seasons uh, on the horizon. Um, and, yeah, well, I wasn't expecting anything, to be honest. But I was expecting more of a fight. Let's just say that. Yeah. Patrick, do you think the fact that we weren't really playing for anything, have got a cup final next week, pitted against the fact that Southampton, before the game, potentially could have finished sixth, had some bearing on the game? Absolutely. There was no reason for us to go all out. Um you know, regarding the lineup, I thought we would, you know, maybe start the two youngsters that end up on the bench, Kai Kai and Gray. I was very surprised to see Delaney play because he definitely, like Alex said, he looked he looked shattered at the end. But we are kind of we're we're, we're light uh, in the, in the deep defensive area because um Hangland's out, so nothing really surprised me about the lineup. Um, so it was it is what it was, and I and again that's how Pardo is. Pardo doesn't really surprise surprise you. If you had gone to that um, Eagles.cpfc.co.uk website on yesterday and watched the CPFC versus the ladies, you would have known that both um, Zaha and um, Balassie weren't going to play, and uh, certain guys were going to play. Cause they, whoever played that little fun little game they played against them were the guys that pretty much played today. So it, I wasn't shocked. No, no. Well, I I, I was surprised that Delaney was in. Mm. Uh, instead of Dan, yeah. but has Dan got yellow cards and such like? No, I think or... he was also. He looked like he was. Uh, he looked like he had gotten hurt last week a little bit. So I think that, I think he'd been carrying an injury for the last couple of weeks. So that was a good thing, reason to rest him. I think today. Mm. Now I've got a confession to make. I missed the first twenty minutes of the game. The reason being, I've, uh, my missus has been away all weekend. She's back now, but I've, I've been in charge of the three kids, and the boys play football on a Sunday, and they both played at the same time. So I've managed to get a lift for one of them. And um, the other one plays over in Coney Hall. Uh, so we went over there merrily. And um, all the time, I'm thinking we're kicking off at four o'clock. <laughs> I've planned my whole weekend. You know, I've, I've had it time to perfection. And um, somebody says, oh, the football kicks off in 20 minutes. I thought, oh, bloody hell, I'm doing a show tonight. So I had to work with my son's coach and got insulted. <laughs> Drove home really quickly. And I felt really bad. So, um I missed the first 18 minutes, but my review of the first 18 minutes were from my, my 11-year-old son, who has the game again. He said, Punch thinks he's Ronaldo today. Any mm-hmm. thoughts on that, Alex? Uh, yeah, he did think that. He did think that, but he did show some really nice touches. And he probably are well, one of our only bright sparks in the first half. You know, we were under the cosh throughout that, that first 30 minutes. Um, they, had a, they had a few chances. You know, Mane and Tadic looked looked like pumped and you know ready to 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 help them you know consolidate that Europa League spot and yeah we just didn't know what what hit us really we we were just holding back and yeah it it was it was tricky it was tricky I, I'm surprised how we managed to hold off so long to be honest because you know they could have easily been two or three nil up yeah quite easily um I, I was noticing um 
from the off really they they seemed a lot more clinical mm. a lot more clinical with their with their passing but but the player that stuck out for me in the first first well not the first but sort of the 18th minute to sort of the 30 34th minute was um soiree he was just getting in there really really stopping some dangerous dangerous move moves from uh, southampton what do you think patrick is he getting better every game you're a fan now all of a sudden nick because they didn't like him about eight weeks ago i know it's that that's the problem with palace isn't it they're, they're just inconsistent yeah, no. Um, I, he's been he's been very good the last five six weeks. I think I, I mentioned before when he was rested. I guess that was the, after the Leicester match. I believe it was when we uh, when he was either subbed at half. Was that when he got a red red card? No, there was a, no the match when he was subbed at half time. It was Leicester. He yeah. got a red card against um, hmm, forgot for that when when Hennessy threw the ball out to him and he and he made a bad tackle. But since he was rested at Le- taking a lot half time left, he's really come on and I, I, I like him as a player. I like the way he gets forward. He's getting better defensively. That's definitely his weak spot and he's definitely working on that. But I think he's definitely getting better defensively. I think today he was our of the four defenders, I thought he was the best of the four. I thought um, Mariapa struggled. His height is a major issue which I don't think he's ever ever played centre half. But um, I thought sorry I played really well today. Yeah, yeah he was good getting forward as well. Um, although later on in the game he he struggled a bit, but I'll, I'll get onto that and the reasons for why I think he struggled and, and why a lot of crosses were coming from that side. Southampton seemed to have the runner there, the right hand side at some points in the game. Um, Alex, yeah. I've got here um, that we were getting long dings forward and Adebayor wasn't really challenging for them. But the, the first the first bit that I saw, he just seemed to be wandering round a bit aimlessly. What what are your thoughts on on Adebayo today? Because he, he he had good movement at times and was doing some good touches, but for for periods of that, he looked like he didn't want to be there. I, f- I think he met his match today. Really, you know, he's playing against two of the probably toughest centre backs in the in the Premier League, in Fonte and Van Dijk, and you know they're two players that are six foot tall, um, and and they can they couldn't out muscle him. Um, and he just looked, he just didn't look mobile. It's a shame because, you know, in the week he was piping up about, you know, wanting a new contract. But I don't see him having that now after after his performance today. I think he, if he wanted, if he wants that, he wanted that new contract. You know, this was a big opportunity for him. A big opportunity as well with the Wickham news today, you know, about him rumours and maybe missing the cup final. You know, today was just a way of stating, uh, you know, his intentions and maybe, maybe a cup final spot. So I don't think he's going to have that now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm not buying the uh, Wickham stuff because I don't buy anything Pardew says anymore. He says stuff for the media. Um, but for regarding Adebayor, this is the thing with Adebayor. I thought he played okay today. I, I read on Twitter how Adebayor said how he how bad he was. I don't think he played that badly at all. But I know what the issue is for the fans. He makes so much money, and he was been he's been so good for other teams. And because when he came here, you know we were so desperate for striking, he's only got that one goal. People, no matter what he does, it doesn't matter what he does. People just don't like the way he plays. No, I have no problem with him. I thought today the issue I thought really was that um, he and Gale played too far apart. It's similar that we talked last week about how Wickham and uh, Gale in the first half played so far apart. Same thing was a problem today. So I think that was more of a problem. But I thought he brought the ball down where he had made a nice couple of nice runs, you know, out wide. He was on the end of a couple of uh, just missed a couple of crosses, you know, to score goals ahead that he had and a cross from punch. And so he wasn't great, but he wasn't terrible. But again, people don't like him because of the money he makes and the attitude that he's, uh, you know, going Snapchat and he's doing this and he's talking about that and stuff like that. But it's okay when he scores a final cup final winner next week, we'll all love him. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's how fickle we are. Um, we've had a question on our Facebook page. That's the Homesdale Radio page on Facebook. But you can also get in touch with us on Twitter. That's that whole radio. Or we'll be in the chat room. Who's in the chat room? Is it you, Alex? It is, it is. I'm All right, any, 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 any news from the chat room yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we've got actually Call Eagle 89 has said, Adebayo has only won 30% of his headers all season. For someone that tall, it's a disgrace. He doesn't attack the ball or try. <laughs> uh, and Call Eagle also replied to my comment of saying, does he warrant a new contract? No way. Well, we've had a question on Facebook from Upkar Baradi. I hope I've uh, pronounced your name uh, correctly there. Um, and it's just Addy. Buy or not? Should we buy at a buy or? Don't have to buy him. He's, he's a free agent. So if we sign him the contract, probably not based on how he performed. But again, um, I think it's more the amount of money that he makes. It's not that he's not a decent enough player. I think we gave him a... But, I just think we won't sign him because of the contract amount. I think the contract would cause a problem with the other players, but I don't think he's not a decent player. But will we sign him or not? As a free agent, we won't sign him again. We'll go after somebody a little bit younger. Yeah, I reckon you're right. But yeah, I do wish that Homesdale Radio had a pedant of the week jingle for you there at the start of that little speech there, Patrick. Should we should we what? redo his contract? Well, you said, no, we can't buy him. We'll just redo his contract. <laughs> that wasn't my point. The question Bloody clearly teachers. states buy or not. And we have to buy him because he's, he's... All right, whatever. I'm trying to be not pedantic, just to be correct. You're a teacher. Correct, That's I am. It is. You're a teacher. Alex, would you buy out of buy all? No, definitely no. I just think there's a lot more value out there in the transfer market uh, a lot more younger players a lot more hungrier players a lot of players that are on less money that Adebayo's on at the moment and you know by the by the by his performances um they haven't screamed you know a lot to me and I don't think he's got it got what it takes to to lead the line for us next season and you know anyway having somebody like Adebayo on the books for that amount of money it sort of impedes you know the likes of Wickham and, and Gale who of of late have looked you know looked looked quality you know they've looked they look they've looked potent they've they've looked like they could score goals so I, I don't think it's a wise move um, giving that sort of amount of money to Adebayo next season. Going going back to their partnership today, it was it was seemed the wrong way around because <laughs> I don't know if it was just me, but Gale seemed to be winning more headers than Adebayo. But if you look at the pair of them, it'd be Adebayo that's flicking on. Patrick. Yeah. Um. The thing is, Alex has a good point about getting younger players. This is going to be the issue. Though. In the last two seasons, we, we brought in Yaya Arsenal going loan from Arsenal. We brought in Patrick Bamford loan from Chelsea. Neither one of those two worked out. And they both got relegated this season. And they both, exactly. And uh, we took a look at players like Andy Johnson and etc. So you can know what you can say, oh, we shouldn't sign him. And again, I'm saying don't sign him. But to say there's any players out there, don't be so quick to say that. Because if we do get a player... It hasn't really worked out for us that well as far as getting that 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 hopefully you know younger, hungrier striker. So hopefully we'll, we'll it'll finally work out in our fourth season in the Premier League. Yeah, I think sure. But yeah, there, there was a point where Adebayor should have been getting into the box and then uh, was coming out and he just launched and completely and utterly missed the ball. Did anybody else see that? It was just a, a complete wild miss. Really showed that he didn't have a foot eye coordination um <laughs> the first the first um the first corner didn't come till the 32nd minute um which led to Suarez long shot um 
But again, we started giving away free kicks on the edge of the box. It seems to be a bit of a palace trait, and it wasn't Jedi this time for a change. What, what do you think about that, Patrick? Do we do we have a? Is it is it me or do do all teams tend to give lots of free kicks just outside the box away? I don't know. I mean, I guess we do, but I don't really. I don't see it as a um, a palace only thing. Um, We've given up quite a few because obviously they've led to free kick goals, but I didn't think today was any worse than any other. I'm glad it wasn't Jedi, but, though, because I'm a big fan of his. But like I said, I don't think it's a it's a Palace only thing. It just happens in the Premier League. You want you know, you don't want to give away penalty kicks. So the next best thing is stop the guy from getting in the box. So yeah, yeah. But at, at that point of the game, coming up to sort of half hour, forty five minute mark, you you could see that Southampton were a bit more cutting edge. And we're playing as a team that were more cohesive. It, and that was the start of me thinking, actually, we might get hammering here simply because we've got players who haven't played in the first team in the Premier League for such a while. Hello? Hello. I thought that was directed towards Alex. I'm sorry. Yeah. No. Not really sure what happened there. Yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear you, Nick. Oh, that's good. We're back. Good Good old-fashioned old radio. Cutting-edge technology. Mine the mishaps. There we go. On the way. Yes. Did you ask me a question, Nick? I did, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I got all confuddled by cockles crowing. Um, what happened to Tottenham today on that subject? I saw the result. Newcastle just free-flowing and... On top of their game, or what? Talk about, um, talk about choke. Well, why win a match 5 1 when you're already relegated? What's the point of doing that? That's got to be so frustrating for those fans. They wanted five, they, they split, split those five goals in the, in the last five games. They might have won like five other games and gotten stayed up. So that's pretty Newcastle like to win a game 5 1 doesn't mean anything. So, but who cares what about, about Tottenham or Newcastle? What about all them Spuds fans, though, all the way up there, thinking they're going to finish ahead of Arsenal, finishing second? <laughs> They've got to come all the way back, knowing that they're worse than Arsenal for another season. There you go. So, um, a goal was definitely on its way. Mm. Um, I think the, the ball came across, and Spironi uh, went out for it, kind of got tangled up a bit in Delaney, punched the ball clear, but it was a bit feeble. So left the goal free um, and enabled the uh, the Saints player just to, to get it in the goal. How at fault was Spironi? Alex? I've got to watch what I say here because, you know, Spironi is a is a legend to our club. But, yeah, it, it's a shame because, you know, you, he could have easily caught that. I don't see why he's going out punching there. But I suppose it was, it was tricky. You know, when you've got a, a new centre-back partnership in front of you, you know, I don't think Mariapa and Delaney played a lot of games together. Um, you know, obviously you've got a new goalkeeper there as well. You got so you got in theory you've got two new players in the defence. You're going to have these these moments of of uh, moments and these errors. And unfortunately, Spironi Spironi made an error. And you know, when you've got somebody like Mane, who's you know a great finisher, um, a player that's you know probably one of the best you know players in his position in the league. You know, things like that happen and, you know, he took his chance well and it's just a shame really because this might be Jules's last game for us and it's sad to see him make a mistake like that. It is a bit because I thought he was, he, he was looking comfortable before that um, and 
it's it's just not like him. But it's it's experience of of playing in games, isn't it? You you've got to have a run of games before you can you can be really ready for it. Do you think that's that's right, Patrick? Uh, yeah. Um, he's played two games all season. Uh, and by the way, that was poor by him. You know, he basically flapped at the ball. I do think that having the two players in front of him, Delaney and Maripa, did impede him. But if you're going to come for that ball, you have to punch it better than that. So people are going to expect me to, uh, you know, say, well, Hennessy um, would have done the same thing. He probably would have. But I'm not, again, I'm, I got no problem with, uh, with, with Hennessy as a person that was, you know, it is what it is. But it was, it was, it was poor by Jules. Um, having said that, um, I think not having played is a, is a big deal. So I think uh, that was more of a cause than just bit being a poor play, but it, it was not good goalkeeping. Mm. So um, we didn't let our heads drop, though, did we? We had a, you know, virtually straight away, we had a great move upfield. I haven't had a chance to watch it back again, but I just seem to remember uh, Gail, instead of keeping the ball low to the ground, hit a ferocious shot straight at the, straight at the keeper. Um, another day, I think Gail would, would have put that either side of him. Um is Gale one to, to play in the final, do you think, Patrick? It depends where we, how we play him and where we play him. Today, I thought he had a really good first half when he was more central with Adebayo. When he moved out wide second half, he was not as effective. And I think that whenever he's shunted out wide by either Pulis or Warnock or Pardew, it doesn't work for him. So next week in the final, I, again, I still think Wickham's going to play. I don't think there's any chance he won't play. If Gale plays... We have to play the ball more to his feet, make, you know, make the runs go by, he can get in the ball, punch, and etc. So um, I think he can start. I, w- I really hope, though, that it's Wickham over uh, Gale next week. Yeah, maybe. What do you think, Alex? Oh, well, it's, that, that chance was a big chance, wasn't it? And it, he could have hit it any, any other place in the goal on target there, and, and he probably would have tested the goalkeeper, just hit it straight at him. But it was a nice little move. I think punching found some nice space there. But, yeah, I, I, think, I think we should start him. Um, if if Wickham is unfit, you know I I wouldn't be surprised to see Pardew play him up top on his own and, and maybe you know fill the midfield up with you know Punch, Blassie, Will, and then maybe maybe look at um, MacArthur and Kabai in behind the behind the three wingers there and uh, it, it's it's just it's such a shame because if 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 he'd have put that in. Before half time, we might have been talking about a completely different game. There, it's just I think he just didn't have a lot of time to think. It was instinctive, and it was just right at Forster, which is such a shame. Bearing in mind, we're just sticking with the first half because it, it mm. was a different kettle of fish with, with him stuck out wide, as he say. And we'll yeah. talk about that when we come to reviewing the second half. I, I thought he had a decent first half, though. Like I said, he was winning lots of headers. Um, he was getting in, getting into areas to, to have shots. And it was a uh, was it you last week on the show, Patrick? You said that, or was it Gel talking about Gailey just knowing where to be, uh, particularly you know the, after his first goal last week when he yeah uh, yeah that was Gel. Um, he does have that knack. I mean, the 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 run last week by Yannick was you know straight to the goal, and the fact that you know it just happened to bounce left and he was right there was, just shows the kind of player he is. He really has an in- instinct in the box, which is why, like I said, I want to see him more central. I want to see Dwight Gale in and around the box at all times because he's so instinctive as a finisher. He can score goals as opposed to some of the players you know prefer to jump off the box or get wide. He's so instinctive, but you know if he's around a goal, he will score. Yeah, yeah, and you, you've got to play the player in their best position, really, haven't you, to to let them shine? Definitely. Uh, um, just going back to the uh, Adebayor question that we got in from our Facebook friend, um, Paul Ashby uh, said, absolutely not. 
offers F all. And Dave underscore CPFC has said, no, we shouldn't sign him. He's a useless lump. So there you go. No love for Adebayor. Interesting. So we go into the first half, in, uh, into halftime. We're 1-0 down. Fair score? What do you think, Alex? Oh, well, I think Samantha could have been easily 2 or 3 nil up. Um, they were easy the better team than us. We only sort of woke up after about 40 minutes after that goal, but yeah, I, I probably, probably we will, uh, you know, we, we made we made the change at halftime. Did we brought on Kai Kai for March? Um, I think March had a terrible first half. You know, I didn't see a lot from him, and I, it's probably going to be his last game for us. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be shipped out in the summer. Um, you know, maybe you know, likes of one of the teams that are going down this season might be interested in somebody like March. Um, but Kai Kai, you know, was a bright spark in in the second half, and as soon as he came on, he made an absolute impact. And you know, it's such a shame he didn't start the game because you know this game, you know, it's meaningless in theory. All right, there's probably probably money on the you know finishing you know one space higher up in the in the division, but you, I, I don't see the reason in behind not play, not starting somebody like Kai Kai. You know, take bring him back from his loan loan spell, and him only getting forty five minutes is is disgraceful. I think somebody like that, you need to have a look at him and see whether he's going to be part of the first team squad next season because he's obviously got a lot of talent. He's scored a lot of goals in 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 the lower divisions. Um, so why doesn't he get a chance from the offset? I don't get that. Well, perhaps you know you're right, and I, I kind of agree with you there. But maybe um, Pardew wanted to look at certain players to see who he's going to pick above another. Because what you've got to remember is is you've got Zaha, you've got Balassi, you've got Kabai, and they're, they're all certs to be starting next week, I would have thought. Okay, so that that's kind of three players that, that are going to replace three players in that team. So a lot of them, especially in the, on the wings, are going to be playing for that place, aren't they? That's what I think. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's just a shame because somebody like... Kai Kai, you know, it's somebody that just gives you that something, something new to think about, you know, and something different. You know, I think most, I think that's what we found this season is the likes of Yannick and Wilf. I know, I know they didn't play today, but you know, they sort of been found out in a way. You know, I sort of think fullbacks haven't got that unpredictable. They've got that unpredictableness that they did have, you know, two seasons ago, where you know we were such a threat on the break. And so having somebody like Kai Kai come off start for us might have been mm. something different for for their fullbacks to to think about and it's a shame but yeah i agree you know i suppose the those positions on the wings are pretty much the only positions in doubt um we, you know will we play wilf yannick and punchin or will we play two strikers will we play will we play blassic blassi up top with somebody else uh who knows but yeah i was just i just annoyed really because kai kai and gray both looked great for us you know when they came off the bench uh, in the in the carlin cup uh, sorry, Capital One Cup against Newcastle early on in the season. Um, was that this year or last, or last, year, last year? Sorry, wasn't it? Last season, yeah. And we haven't seen them since. Uh, and something you know, like so even Boateng as well. You know, Boateng come off come off the bench against Swansea, having that one cameo appearance, and then just not seeing him ever again. It's just it's just a shame, really, because we're the only, the only way they're going to get in, Alex. Sorry to interrupt there. Yeah. Um, is if somebody gets injured. Now, now we we might say, okay, we've got to get the youngsters through and. I'm sure everybody would agree it's easier to do that in the championship where there's not so much risk, but you you need the, you need the players. Um, but then people point to 
Man United and Rashford and say, well, look how young he is. Look how well he's doing. But the only reason Rashford's in there is because there were so many other injuries and he's just, he's just taken his chance. And, uh, you know, I contend that Kai Kai and Boateng and, and Gray are actually better to use as substitutes to bring on than, than the likes of Much and Lee at the moment. What do you think, Patrick? Am I completely wrong? No, not completely. Um, but like I said, I knew uh, the manager wasn't going to start uh, Kai Kai and Gray today. I'm just glad one of them got on to pitch today. Um, you know, he's got these these veterans. I guess he wants to take a final look at people like Much and I guess Lee. I think, honestly, I think Lee, being on Lee was good in only one respect. It showed that the man has a little bit of, uh, you know, he doesn't hold a grudge. Because based on what the what, what he, Lee said about him, I didn't think I'd ever see him again. So the fact that he did get to play today shows me that at least, you know, that, that hopefully he won't play for us again. But hopefully that at least can put that to bed. But, um, I'm, 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 again, I'm a big fan of Kai Kai. I remember Boateng's playing today for Plymouth in the playoffs. So he wasn't going to be able to play today anyway. Graham mm-hmm. would like to see him get on. You know, I heard he, he, he did really well at, um, where was he, at Hartlepool? Something like that. Yeah, and um, I thought Kaiko was, was was really really good in the second half. So again, a whole half of him would have been a whole game of him would have been fine. But I really think Kaiko's got a chance to break in next year. I know people are saying in the chat room that they hope he does too. I think he'll he'll have a chance to um have more of an impact next season. Especially people would like to maybe much and Lee not being here next year. Is that the chat room that's uh, www.wholeradio.net forward slash chat? Alex, are you going to let us know what they've been saying there? That is correct, yes. Um, so, uh, Bert's Head says that, you know, Rashford is in the United team because he's good enough. And if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, you know, he grabbed his chance, shown his ability and thinks Kai Kai could do the same next season. Uh, we've also got word here from... Uh, Eagle six seven six four. Who says of our backup players, none are better or, or worse. Uh, a worse, yes, but none are better than the likes of Kai Kai and and, and, and Gray. Um, and we've also said Bert Head also says that Kai Kai and Boateng both deserve chances. Um, with booted Eagle saying that Boateng looked good in his cameo against the Swans as well. So you know, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of people in the chat room saying that you know some of these youngsters should get a chance in games like this. Um, and, you know, especially to see whether they're good enough and um, able to make the squad next season. Don't forget what makes Hull Radio that, that much more special than other radio shows and podcasts is you can get in touch with us and give your opinions um, whilst we're still on air, um, which you can't do if you listen to the podcast, but there you go. Um, so if you want to get in touch uh, via Twitter, any questions for us or any thoughts on the game, it's uh, at Hull Radio. Um, and apparently... Um, I forgot to mention that we can do um, voicemails, uh, which you can send in at any time. It's probably not worth doing it over the summer unless it's something to do with the Euros. But the number you can leave a voicemail on is at the top of this page. Is I'm just, oh, computers are so rubbish. Won't let me scroll. 0800 689 3624. Uh, that's our voicemail. And um, if you leave some, uh, we'll um, play them next week. Perhaps you leave some voicemails about the final. Um, Busy week for Whole Radio next week. We're going to be recording an FA Cup final preview special um, uh, tomorrow night. We've actually managed to procure some space at um, Sellers Park. And apparently we're going to be featured on Newsbeat. Um, that's something on Radio 1 for anybody that's over 30. Um, and <laughs> we're going to have the, uh, the full-length uh, Phil Barber interview, of which you're going to hear a shortened version later. Um, going out tomorrow night. 
as well. Uh, the Phil Varva interview is very, very good. Um, we've got um, MIA Gel, who organised it, and uh, myself had a had a lovely half-hour chat with Phil, and he, he is genuinely a very funny, very down-to-earth um, player. Um, Navi's tweeting, says, at Whole Radio, at Alex Penge, why single out one player for an awful second half to the season? People justifying preconceived blank ideas. Mm, I agree. Answer that, Alex. Is it, is it, this is about Adebayo, right? Yeah. I, I, listen, I said it before. People thought when he came in, he was earning too much money. They didn't like his attitude because they had never met him before. And they thought he was, you know, they based on how he was at other teams. And he's been singled out as being, you know, one of our worst players for the second half of the season. And that's totally untrue. But again... When he scores the winner next week in an FA Cup, everybody will love him. He'll be a folk hero. Or is that a cult hero? One or the other. Yes. You should be able to hear Nav on whole radio from next year, apparently. Yay! Welcome, Nav. <laughs> Can we clip that? That was Patrick's horse impression. Can you do that again? Yay, Nav! <laughs> <laughs> no, that was Larry the Lamb. <laughs> Definitely Larry the Lamb. No, on Kai Kai... Um, it was an impressive Premier League debut. I thought he was from when he was straight on. He was he was forcing throws deep, deep, deep in the opposition half. His crosses were just like Suarez in the first few weeks of Suarez's career. They were so on point. Yep. Um, mm. And you, you know that he is definitely one for the future. Um, although we seem to be coming back into the game again, Southampton we're still getting forward and and. This was my problem. The the reason we got beaten by so much in the second half was because Southampton were attacking down their right-hand side. Now, we said earlier on how Suarez had, had such a brilliant game. He found it a lot more difficult when um, Dwight Gale was out left. Well, right. was out right, out left. A, he wasn't, he wasn't happy. Right. And I actually said, although, although Southampton's second goal, it looked like a bit of a foul by Pelé. If 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 you watch on match of the day tonight, Gale is n- not defensive enough to be playing out left. If if Wolf's there, you know Wolf's going to be tracking back, and Wolf's got a lot lot better defensively. Belassi to a certain degree, and and Punction, Punction will do that. But but Gale is just not that defensive, and because of that, they they were just exploiting that space, and he didn't even try and block the cross that came in, he really, really stood off. Am I being unfair on him? Or is it he's not his fault because he's out of position? I, I think a, a bit of both there, really. You know, he's not. He's obviously not playing in position, but he should be doing a lot better there, even though he's not He's not the biggest player, is he? But I think he should be trying to stop that cross. But, you know, we know about Southampton and their threat in the air. I think they're, they've scored a lot of goals from set pieces this season. From what I remember... Um, you know, with the likes of you know Van Dijk and, Co- and Fonte um, and Pele as well, especially you know they score a lot of goals from 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 headed headed uh, headed shots, and so it, it was always going to be a threat. And I think they did that in the second half. They put a lot more balls in the box, and um, you know we saw a goal goal come from it. You know, a goal saw a goal come from the delivery on 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 the wings with the likes of Tadic. You know, Tadic is mm. a really nice ball in the box. Um, you know they're great for set pieces, and all right, whether it was unjust or not, I still think it was coming. And um, you know we saw them carry on from where they left off early in the season, and and they and they scored a goal from a headed headed goal. So 
Yeah, they seem to be getting a lot of lot of free headers in the box. Yeah. Did, you, did you notice that, Patrick? Yeah, they did. I, I mentioned before about the height issue with Mariapa. I think that's an issue. But just going going back to the uh, the fullbacks and the crosses, I mean, you can go back and, and look. Whenever Wolf and Yannick don't play, that happens every match. Our fullbacks are not great one-on-one defenders. Joe, Joe Ward's no better than Suarez at it. So unless they have Punchin or... Yannick or Wilf to help them out. They always look bad. So obviously Kai Kai is young, so you know he tried and did a decent job today. But Dwight Gale is not a, a left a left sided midfielder. He's not going to track back. He did the same thing in a match earlier in the season that cost us a goal. I forgot who it was against. So I'm not going to kill him for it. That's not what he does well. He's a goal scorer. He's not a defensive midfielder. No, but or, but Pardew should have noticed that and and, and pointed that and out. Done what? And done what? And said to said to Gale, look, while you're in that position, you have to track back. And he looked you, like he wasn't bothered. But Nick, you could tell someone, if they're not good at it, it's not going to matter. You know, it's not going to matter. I mean, you could tell him, oh, you don't forget to track back. But this guy, he's a, he's a natural-born goal scorer. He's a striker. So I don't expect him to track back. I don't want him to track back. I want him to be in the opposition's box scoring goals. So, again, listen, we're, t- today doesn't bother me one bit because we're, we're a different side without Yannick and Wilf. So the fact that people are getting up, you know, that we're talking about a game where we lost 4-1, and by the way, that second goal was an obvious, obvious foul. Let's get to that right now. That's a yeah. foul. Oh, he pushed him in the back. The fact that that idiot Michael Oliver didn't see it is a joke. I'm not blaming that for the loss. We'd have lost the game probably. Anyway, but he pushed him in the back. He pushed him up in the back. That should even count. And you could tell how he did it because he even looked at the referee and said, like with a little sheepish grin, uh, did you see that? And then he did. He turns around and he you know, peels off and runs over to Kelvin Davis. Give Kelvin Davis a big hug for some strange reason. But listen, that was a foul. So that wouldn't shouldn't have been a goal. You can tell by his reaction as well, Patrick. Exactly. No, you see, I, I think he, was, he wasn't expecting it to be allowed, to be honest. He didn't exactly celebrate as soon as he it scored. It shouldn't have been allowed. It was a joke. It was a joke goal. It was a joke. Yeah. Uh, Lose on Kai Kai. It was nice start. Not starting, but definitely a super sub to start with. Um, so, yeah. Um, after the second goal, you kind of felt, oh, that's going to be it. We're going to crumble. Uh, well, I did anyway. Um, but we we seemed to step up again, didn't we? Yeah, we, we, did. we we just went for it a bit, and uh, Kai Kai again, some excellent crosses, some some good pressuring, and we were playing some good one touch passing with lots and lots of movement in tight spaces. And and I actually think that the the kind of fifteen minutes that followed the the second Southampton goal was our best period of the game. Yeah. We looked like a team with purpose for the first time in the game. Um, now, I've, I've left, left talking about um, Punction till now. Um, brilliant corner from Kai Kai. Um, it was, uh, again, fisted out by the goalkeeper. Came out to Punction. He knocked it across with his right foot to get onto his left foot. And what a bloody screamer that goal was. Mm. Absolutely peach of a goal. He's, he's shown what he can do. And um, I just thought that he had a really, really excellent match. He was all over the pitch. He wasn't walking. He was getting tackles in. He was going on lovely runs. And he seemed to be happy playing. Patrick, praising punction. Yeah, you're is, right. Is he coming good? Well, we've had this discussion before, Nick. He wasn't as bad as everybody made him out to be in the first place. Um, he just wasn't as good as he was last year. But, um, no, he played really well today. I think he was uh, our best player. Uh, and uh, the goal was brilliant. I mean, that's what he does really well. I mean, if you look at all of his best goals, 
they always come from that side of the field where he's able to control the ball, cut in with the left and just and smash it. That was really that wasn't <laughs> that might have been a goal of the season if he hadn't already won it <laughs> with the with the Norwich goal. So it was a great goal. And again, I think when he plays a certain way, um, he is our most important player because um, he can control the game. He settles the game down. He, uh, you know, he can score, pick out a goal like that. It's only second goal of the year, but I'm a big fan of Punch, and I really hope that um, you know he does well next next Saturday. Alex, yeah, well, that, I thought it was vintage punching, um, you know, especially that 15 minute period. And you know what's great about punching, what's sort of under uh, underrated about him is his first touch. I think his first touch is fantastic. Um, we all know how great his left foot is. Um, and we all know how great he is from, from long distance, but his first touch is tremendous, and that's what gets him in those positions. He gets those little pockets of space because of that first touch that he has, and we saw that today. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Punchin, a player I think you can you should build a team around, um, a player that's got so much vision, uh, he's a great passer of the ball, and we saw that today, and I, I still think, you know, we need to do the same next season and build a team around him uh, and get players that complement his game. Exactly right, and my only problem with him um, is that he he has got a super left foot, and he relies on it too much. Um, because there were a few times I thought he he needs to shoot, and he he was too busy just trying to get the ball to his preferred foot. Nick Patrick, am I being mean? No, it's, it's not that. But you know what I find, and I don't think people realize it. When you're a left-footed player. People see that more than anything else. Everybody does that. If you're a right foot player, you try and get born your right foot. But because people like Messi and Punchin are left footed, whenever you see them kind of, you know, spin around or even way back when Maradona, people think, oh, he's got no right foot. But how many truly two foot players are there in the world? There just aren't any. So my point with him is that he's got a great left foot. I'm not worried about if he tries to spin around and use it all the time because it's that good. But people really put that out more with left foot players than right foot players. It's just something that just happens. And by the way, I'm left footed. Yeah. Yeah, we up we we up the tempo after the goal. We got the ball forward. Uh, MacArthur had two shots, um, two shots blocked in quick succession. But again, Southampton coming down Palace's left um, a lot. Gale not covering, but balls in the box. Luckily, we managed to get them clear. And and a feature of Palace's season is last ditch scrappy defending, and we had a lot of that today. The the sort of thing that. Um, Delaney loves. Um, but Delaney was getting very, very tired. Um, just just dealing with so much. Um, not a lot happened again until the 74th minute where um, I can't remember who the player coming through was, but Mariapa did hold him back. Um, and it was one of those fouls that started outside the box. But it was, carried Mane, on it was inside Mane, the so, box. Sadio Mane. Was Mane, Mane, yeah. It was very quick. Um, so he started... The, the pullback started outside the box, but he kind of started going over roughly where the line was. So it's a disputable penalty. Do you think um do you think so, Alex, or or not? I think the concept was definitely outside the box, but you know the way that they look at it in the rule book is that does the does his does his momentum bring him into does the does his momentum bring him into the box and does his momentum bring the foul into the box and I and I think it did and unfortunately. You know, it was, I think it was a penalty, but, you know, I was more worried about, you know, whether there was going to be a red card there. You know, we've got Suarez involved in that collision. You know, I don't see, us, you know, a lot of good candidates to play left-back in the final. And so I was more worried about that, to be honest, because we knew the game was over. Um, all right, all right, we showed glimpses, but, you know, Southampton was still dominating the game. And 
uh, we were lucky because I think another day, maybe if the game had a lot more meaning to it, maybe we would have seen a card there. But um, for me, it was a penalty. Yeah, and, and for me, it wasn't. Another day, I'd be furious right now on that on that call because I think it was terrible. The contact started outside the box, and he, that's where he was fouled. I know it continues in, but again, this is a thing. Penalty, it's like other thing with penalties. What's a penalty kick? Because I could have sworn that the rule was. If contact, even the commentator said it today, contact started outside the box, I don't care if he falls it on the penalty spot. It's not a penalty kick. But again, um, on another day I'd be furious at Michael Oliver. And by the way, he didn't call the penalty. penalty. He, the uh, linesman did. And, oh sorry, the assistant referee. Yet, the rule states that if you're calling a penalty kick, you put your, head, your flag across your chest. He didn't even do that. He just told him in his ear. So I don't even understand how it was even a penalty kick because Oliver didn't even see it as the penalty kick. So I'm confused, as was Michael Oliver today. Well, hello, Chris is here. Uh- uh, we have a guest. <laughs> oh, we've got special guest, Chris. Christopher Rambling. Yeah, yeah. How's it going, boys? You all right? Well, it's all right. I was uh, I was asleep when I got the call. Um, <laughs> so are we, by the way. Yeah. Well, I've, I've just had a text from Jail saying I thought it was tomorrow. Because <laughs> yeah, it is tomorrow as well, isn't it? That's what's confused the old fella. I don't know which is worse, Chris. You nearly going to a semi-final on the wrong day because you hadn't found out about it on the show. That was funny, wasn't it? Jell, Jell thinking the show's tomorrow and me thinking the, the game kicked off at four and subbing me son so I could get back. Well, we're, having a, we're having a struggle at the end of the season, aren't we? Uh, I was listening in um, while I was at the shops, though, Nick, and I really enjoyed your use of the phrase um, to do with... Um, Dwight Gale standing off that he he really really stood off. Yeah, you know it's it's really annoying when players really really stand off, isn't it? As opposed to just really stand off. Yeah, yeah, you've got yeah. to just added emphasis there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to pick Alex up earlier because <laughs> we're going to teach pedantic, and he said unpredictableness, and I'd say it's unpredictability. It is, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but other than that, it's you know solid work. Yeah. Thanks for, for ruining the flow, Chris. Where were we, Patrick? It's horrible when that happens, isn't it, isn't it, Nick? When someone interrupts you and the flow gets... <laughs> ah, well played, Christopher, exactly. Just sitting here thinking of puns now. We're discussing the penalty, whether it was or, was or wasn't, and I said it wasn't, and Alex said it was. The rule uh, is if the foul carries over into the box, and I think yeah. that's how it was interpreted. Yeah, I think it was, I think it was borderline, um, and the benefit's gone with, with the home side. Um, but for, for, me, for me, you know, the, he actually falls and there's no further contact um, on the initial challenge when he's outside the area. So for me, it wasn't a penalty, but then I wouldn't right. say that, wouldn't I? But, you would. But like Patrick said, it didn't matter. And uh, the, the, the longer the game went on, the more I was kind of happier that the, the Premier League season was drawing to a close. Although we'll talk about why it isn't drawing to a close in a bit. Um, Lee came on for MacArthur. That was just after Punch had another fantastic dribble down on the left. Um, whizzed the ball across. Wasn't sure if it was a shot or a cross in between. Adebayor, if he was a fraction of a second quicker, would have, would have pulled a goal back, I thought. Um, so MacArthur, I think, came off because he had a yellow card for handball. Um, Lee, what did you think of his performance, Chris? Um, I wasn't wasn't impressed. I think he, he defensively he lost his man for was it the third goal or fourth goal? I can't remember now. Fourth, fourth goal, one, wasn't it? Davis goal, yeah. I think he, I think he's he's lost his man there. Um, I was surprised that it happened, on, and I know I slightly disagreed with 
Alex earlier on, but that's because I had a hangover. This was pre-show. <laughs> um, and Alex was saying, why hasn't Jake Gray come on? And that's really, that's a very fair comment. Why, why, why are we playing Lee? Is it his farewell appearance, perhaps, maybe? But, you know, he, he didn't really add anything going forward and, and certainly weakened us going back. And that's always been Lee's problem in a, in a Palace shirt. He's, he's a very tidy footballer, a very talented footballer who... You know, with a, with a bit of game time, we'll probably have something to offer. But he's very, very, very lax defensively. So I, I was pretty disappointed with with the choice to bring him on in the first place and and how he performed when he was on. Chris, I think it might have been an olive branch though by the manager to show he's that like he's a, he's a better person because remember there's a big deal with him and his comments. So I just thought it might have been just like you know what, let's just put it to rest and get on the field and that's it, or maybe not. Maybe I I, I can't can't see a future for him though. No, no, I agree. I don't think he's going to. I don't think we'll see him again. I'm just saying that for him to have left and not played and just have that hanging over would have would have not been good, for me personally, or for him as obviously as a player. So classic Pardew, that is exactly. That's exactly what I'm thinking, Alex. Exactly. That's exactly how his mind his mind works, or not. So, um, they had so many chances, and I thought it's lucky that this look can't shoot. But when I actually saw the um, stats at the end, I'm just going to skip over the other goals because I'm bored with this match now. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But but there were so many shots. I mean, we were only one or two. You could hear me rustling my notes here. Should have been more organised. But how many shots did we have? We we had 12 shots off target. No, I'll give it a stat. Uh, sorry, Southampton had five on target, right. 13 off. We had four on target and 12 off. So it, it was closer to 4-1. But but like I said at the start of the show, Southampton were, were looking for a sixth place. Well, hold on. Do you see the possession stats? 50-50, wasn't it? Yeah, 51. We were actually out <coughs> 51 to 49. When's the last time that happened? Probably, we, I guess. Uh, we, were, we, were, we had a really good spell, didn't we, though? In, in, we did, uh, yeah. Uh, I think a 2-1 down. We had a couple of really good chances to get back in that game. Um, and, and I think we could have gone on to get something. But it, just, you know, it, wasn't, it wasn't our day. And I'm sure you talked about it earlier while I was asleep. But... Um, <laughs> I, I, thought, I, I thought we lost the game. I knew we'd lose that game the second I saw the the little huddle for Southampton before the match kicked off, because they were they were up for it. They were talking oh, they were like definitely up for it. Yeah, they were talking like it was a, a, a you know a cup final or a championship winning game. They were they were absolutely raring to go. Really well, worked up. And I just thought, no matter how, yeah, well exactly, and, and no, and rightly so. And I thought there's nothing we can do about it. Because we, we have got our minds on the cup, you only have to listen to the to the songs being sung by the fans to know where our minds are. Everyone's thinking about the cup final. Wembley, yep. And mm. as professional as our players are, you know that that combined with with how up for it Southampton were, we were never. I don't think we we're ever going to get anything out of this game. I think you know no, here's, no, here's a write off. As as you're here, um, I don't know if it's going to be in today's segment or later on, but um, players just treat the FA Cup final as another game. Apparently, really. I'm spoiling the interview. Um, can we have some men of the match? Then we'll go to four word reviews. Then I'm going to have a rant, and then we'll go on to the Phil Barber interview. Sweet. Man of the match, Patrick. Uh, I want to say Salai Kaikai, but it really was Jason Punchin. Because, well, he scored a great goal. And he, I thought he played it well. I mean, he was he was a, really our, our main impetus in midfield, getting us forward. You know, and Chris just mentioned about the possession that we had as far as in that uh, spell. He was the one behind that him and him and Kai Kai. So I think um, 
I think I give it to Jason Punchin. And I like him, by the way, just in case you're wondering. I like him. Yeah. Mr. Penge. Punchin, hands down. Um, He's a player that I think we need to build a team around. A player that's just got tremendous ability. Um, And, you know, we've we've seen it from uh, Punchin, you know, last couple of seasons in the Premier League. You know, he's always... He's there when it matters. I know he hasn't been there this season, but you know we've seen even from you know, Pardew's comments that he's seen him training, doing it. He just hasn't been able to conquer the sort of mental side of the game. And if he conquers that, then we'll see the old punch next season. One would really, really, really hope so, Chris. Yeah, I mean, I can't, I can't really, you know, give you any other answer other than Jason Punching because he was he was our key player throughout the game. There were some interesting performances as well. I thought, I thought Ward Ward had a mixed game. You know, at moments he was he was he was excellent, but defensively um, he was he was struggling. And I thought MacArthur had had a really really tough game. He seemed to be picking up uh, Saido Mane quite a lot um, and being absolutely rinsed by him on a continual basis. Yep. Um, and and that was a bit of a warning sign for me because MacArthur was excellent against Stoke. I think it was Stoke, wasn't it? We played yeah, last last game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had a really good game. I thought it was brilliant. He's come back from injuries, raring to go for the FA Cup final. But today he looked off the pace and, and yeah, say he struggled against a very quick opponent. But um, and I think Gale ran his socks off and, and deserves an awful lot of credit. I heard you obviously yeah. talking about him being played out of position in the second half, but I think that was good for him because you know if he's going to get in the, the the team in the FA Cup final, I, I, I predict he'll come off the bench. And and I know. I can't remember who said it. Someone said they think that, um, that he'll do a righty in the final, and that means come off the bench and score a couple of goals. Is that and Dominic Byfield? Is that what the Guardian or, or the Corden advertiser? One of them said that today. You're right. Yeah. But I can see that being, you know, he, he'll probably he won't probably come on up front on his own. He'll probably come in in one of those side side positions if you like, particularly if Zaha's struggling. So I think it was a good good little workout for him, and he played very very well effort wise. You know, struggled like you say with the defensive side of the game, but. In terms of effort, he was quite close to, to Punch, but Punch, you know, he had the effort, but he also had the quality. Um, and it opens up the debate, does he play better without Kabay in the team once more? <laughs> which is which is um, a big debate. And I know um, we're, we're going to talk about possible lineups for the Cup final because that could have taken over the whole show today. Um, so that that's why we haven't been kind of going to... Talking too much about the final because you're going to get loads of that next week. Um, aren't we Chris which would be great but Punchin definitely man of the match on the BBS man of the match poll um, 65% said Punchin there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board certified physicians who can prescribe FDA approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Kai Kai was second with 14. And then Soiree with 5%. Um, I'm just hoping uh, that the producer is ready with our four-word reviews. 
Ollie Allison, thank goodness season over. Jack Badger, well played, Sully Kai Kai. Mark Callahan rolled over too easily. Aidan McNutt is always next season. At CPFC underscore Dave, clear out Deadwood. David, let's slip in a funny one. Ha ha ha. Not good enough again. Sammy Azam Ollie, Wayne on Saturday, please. John Gunn gifted them three goals. Michael Johnson, glad it's all over. Andy Camru, Premier League next season. Dan R, just win the cup. And James Sorby, who cares? Wembley time. Listen to Homestale Radio on the go. Using our Android app. Download at holradio.net forward slash Android. Yes, indeed. Thank goodness the season is over. Um, although it's not. Because nice. there's still one fixture to play. Um, Man United, I was kind of listening to it on the on the way back from uh, my son's football match. And there were two stands that were full of people and two stands that weren't. And games were going to be delayed. And it turned out that it was a, a bomb scare or, or whatever. Um, we, we still don't know when the Man United... Was it Bournemouth they were playing? When the um, Man United um, Bournemouth game will be played, does it affect where we finish in the league if Bournemouth win? We finish, it could do, yes. Okay, yeah, they're below so us at the moment, yeah. That. Um, does it affect Man United? Um, can Man United actually overtake Man City or not? Man City just right. had to get a point, didn't win, didn't no, they? So, yeah. so it's a meaningless game. Well, no, it still, still affects their final finishing position as well. And, um, you know... I think obviously there's money involved in that and what have you, but but it's it's a weird one, isn't it? I mean, it's not really so much what it affects in the league. Um, although you kind of think they would have put out their strongest team, wouldn't they, had that game gone ahead? Because they, they yeah. at the time they thought we're going for Champions League here, right? So now, now they don't have to. Um, so you almost think if the team sheets are in, they should be forced to play that same team, shouldn't they? No, I think you're being really, really, really unfair. And the no, fact no. is, they should. Man United. Played, why would I be they, they, they should have played a game today, Chris. They didn't, through no fault of their own, um, other than selling too many pick tickets to plastics yeah. who come from all over the world. Um, but, 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 Nick, right? Given that it's a hoax, apparently, so, um, would it would it be would it be plausible for someone, either a fan or someone connected to Man United, to to have deliberately done that to get the game abandoned? Well, I reckon that... Which I'm not saying it did, because for legal reasons. But. I think absolutely the fairest thing to do would to give the fans value for money for their extremely expensive Wembley tickets is for Man United to play Bournemouth at 2 o'clock on double Saturday header. afternoon <laughs> in a double header. I think that's the fairest thing. You're right. <laughs> Thoughts on that, Patrick? Well, on the double header idea. That's, 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 an, that's an American thing, isn't it? We did it all the time with baseball. Um, I, I, I'm with Chris a little bit. I'm a little bit of a conspiracy theorist myself. Who's to say they didn't do it on purpose to see if uh, they'd have a chance to get to the, Europa League, uh, the Champions League spot? And then when they figured that Man City got the draw, obviously not. Not so. Um, they're gonna they're gonna end up resting players. They obviously will. Um, they can't rest everybody though because they they can't possibly have a whole uh, 18 players. Unless they play the youth team, which I don't think Premier League will let them do. So some of the players, they're going to rest like their keeper, like Marshall and Rashford and De Gea. But they're going to have to play. So some of the guys are going to have to play Tuesday and Saturday. So I think it benefits us a little bit. But again, they will have to 
they're in the Europa League regardless, so which is good for us. So they don't have to win the FA Cup. Maybe they'll give it to us on Saturday. Well, according to producer Mikey, it's likely to be Tuesday for the rematch. That so is true. Confirmed. Yeah. Now, um, Patrick, you you want to talk about? I know I, I said we weren't going to talk about the cup because we're recording a special cup preview pod, but I'm not on it. Won't be here for this. Do you right. want to talk about meetups? Very quickly. Um. As you may or might know, I'm actually gonna. I decided to come over for the final, but it's not about me. Um, there are going to be a bunch of Palace fans coming from both Canada and United States, and they're arranging some meetups on Friday. Um, so, if you're interested in, in meeting, if you're coming over, uh, CPFC in the USA, which is at Homesville USA on Twitter, you can follow him, and he'll give you some of uh, the uh, details on who's meeting up and where they're meeting up. It's gonna be there's something going on at Friday. Uh, somewhere, either Victoria or in that area. So, if you're flying over for the final, one, have a safe trip, enjoy, and two, follow um, at Home the USA for details on exactly where us Americans, sorry, expats are meeting up. Thank you. Nick, do you want some uh, tweets about Adebayor? Oh, no. Uh... Go on, then. Just noticed a few coming in, really. The general consensus seems to be uh, we've got people like uh, Karen Baxter um, commenting and uh, Dr. Awake Stephen as well. Um, And the the consensus generally scrolling through them all is that no one wants to keep him. Um, And I believe that's also what Alex said. Did anyone say keep him? No, he's um, at a don't buy all now. No. No one to keep him. Oh, uh, my, my, my point is, Chris. I think the issue is is that it's the, it's more of the money issue, and the perceived oh, yeah. and his perceived attitude that people think, oh, he does, he can't be bothered, he can't be asked, blah blah blah. I just think that um, that's that that's why everybody's opinion. So the fact that he, he doesn't score three ma- goals a match, mm-hmm. no one likes him. But I think he was making a lot less money and uh, has scored a, more, a couple more goals, people would be all, all for it. But my thing is, though, Chris, I had mentioned before, is that you know, we signed Sonogo, that didn't work out. We signed Bamford, that didn't work out. So be careful what you wish for, because you can get someone actually worse. I don't think Sonogo actually scored a league goal for us. He didn't, actually. He only scored that goal against Southampton. I know yeah. Bamford definitely didn't score a goal for us. So at least he got, at least, at least he got one goal Just, in the Premier League. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good goal. I, there's a lot of things I like about it. I, I agree. You know, you know, some and, good things. He's got he's got very good movement. He, you know what he probably doesn't do him any favours is how deep he drops trying to get involved yes. in, in the game, mm. and that comes from him. You know, and, and you know he said it himself. He was trying to get his love for the game back, and he's actually come out and said that he, he has got that back just by being around the squad at Palace and featuring in games. And no, it hasn't worked out how how he how he would have wanted, or how any of us would. And certainly, you know, he's not a hundred grand a week player, but you know, and I think a couple of people have sort of mentioned it in passing on Twitter as well that. What what is out there in terms of value of real value to a club like us? Now we're going to have to go out and spend some proper money, but but you know what? I, I worry with someone like Adebayor, where we've we've basically taken half a season to get him sort of fit, and he might go to one of our rivals next year and score a whole bunch of goals. Bournemouth, where when we could have yeah, where we could have yeah. given him <laughs> that opportunity. I honestly think I honestly think you know we could you know I, I'm not. Someone who believes we should we should build the team around average players, but building a team around top top quality is what we should do. Uh, Nick's telling me to shut up. Yeah, because I had all my timings here. We were meant to have Phil Barber. <laughs> Mate, we got, stay, we got half hour left. We yeah, but we got to talk about Doris. Ugh, that won't last long. Yeah, right. Like, I haven't seen him. <laughs> exactly. Alex. I have, and 
Play the well, field barbecue. I'll hold on to that. You play the field barbecue. In, in. There we go. What? what? Field barbecue. Are we doing that now? Oh, no, sorry. Hinchwood. Sorry. I no, destroyed your show, Nick. I'm you sorry. Destroyed <laughs> your show. I'm not sorry. You saved the show, Chris. I appreciate it anyway. Yes. Cheers, Patrick. <laughs> and the listener has gone. <laughs> <laughs> So earlier in the week, Joe, uh, I'm a day late for everything. Uh, Hollyoak and myself had the great pleasure of interviewing Phil Barber, Mr. 110%. And he was really candid, really open about um, his time at Crystal Palace. He was very, very funny. Um, play that, play that tape. Palace in, Penny Farther with a little chip on the far side, and a goal for Phil Farmer, and Palace in the lead. Hello there, my name's uh, Joe Holyoke, and with me tonight is uh, Nick Gillard. Hello everyone. Um, joined by a special guest, um, he's 51 now, he started off at Aylesbury, finished off at Red Hill and St Leonard's, and in between he played 234 times at Palace, 35 goals. And his pinnacle being a member of our 1990 Cup Finals team. Um, welcome, Phil Barber. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm fine, thank you, yes. Good, good. I suppose everyone and his dog wants to, to talk to you now about, about what happened 26 years ago. Exactly. If no one's spoken to me for the last 20 years, and now <laughs> we've gone into a Cup Final, then um, I'm doing, I've done court and advertising today, and I'm doing you now. So it's, uh, it's relaunched my career. Yeah, well, we're we're a little bit better than a crawling advertiser. We're a little bit more. Um, little well, bit you, call it, you call it the Tunbridge advertiser now. Now I've been based in Tunbridge Wells. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I mean, isn't it weird that all these years later, twenty six years later, and we're playing United again? Um, I know. It's, it's magic. I say, you as a buyer, as a Palace fan, you think you're never going to get to the cup final, and then you get there once, and then you get there for the second time. It's a repeat of what happened. 26 years ago, so yeah, it's strange. Well, I mean, what I, what I wanted to do first of all was, um, everyone wants to talk about the final, but, but you know, uh, although it was a, another epic game, but for, for me, um, for, for sort of different reasons to, to a lot of other Palace fans, but the semi-final was one of the most epic of FA Cup games ever in the uh, the, the 4-3 win over Liverpool. Um uh, but what a team, what a fantastic team you played in. Um, how good was that team, do you think, compared to, to, to this, the team? As, you know, I know it's different times and, and the ball and, and football boots and, and everything's moved on, but how good do you think your team was compared to the team that's playing now? Uh, I say it's hard, it's hard to, to say, but we were, we were good. We were, we were just like 11 blokes who got thrown together from non-league and all the lower divisions, um, rejects from there, rejects from there, and we just hit it off, and we just, you know, such a good team spirit, it got us through most of, most they got us through from the, the old, we've got to keep clear, Division 2 up into Division 1, and then got us up into third, the year after we got to the Cup Final, so I think, everyone thinks about Wrighty and Brighty, because they scored the goals, but, there was all those people working hard for them, um, to make well, the, them the, the yeah, like the, the, the forgotten players with, you know, John Pemberton, Richard Shaw, Andy Gray, and, you know, Andy Thorne. 
you know, yeah. it, it's, it's mainly sort of the people still stuck in the in the limelight now. With you know, obviously with with uh, with a manager, our manager now, and Salako Bright and Thomas Jeff Thomas doing a lot of, of very good work for for his cancer charity. And but you um you forgot Gary O'Reilly. I, I didn't. I know. Sure, well, I won't forget Gary O'Reilly because he's <laughs> one of our scorers. Um, but yeah, I mean, you made a very good point there, Phil, about the about the team spirit. Do you, do you think that goes a long way in football? Um, I think it, I think it does. Yeah, I think it, so it does. I think you look at the team now. Paz is putting together is similar on the lines of of what we had. There's a few characters in the team. There's a few people that you can look at them and think, yeah, they all sort the team. Like people like your Damon Delaney's and that. They sort of get people going and fire people up. And we had that in our team. People like Jeff Thomas used to fire people up. So I think he's no staff, but I think Paz. Pard is doing the same sort of job with that group of players that that Steve Coppel did with the sort of team that, that we had. Mm. What's the What's the best bit of advice Steve Coppel gave you? The tyre. To be honest, Steve wasn't. I don't. I've very rarely spoke to him. Like we didn't. He wasn't. I think we only. We used to have occasional meetings and that sort of stuff, but. The only time where we sort of really had a, a set plan, a game plan of what we were going to do, like where we spent hours doing bits and bobs, was in the semi-final itself. We just got we, we had we had um because of the way we play, we just we just virtually just launched it, didn't we? We weren't pretty, um, but we just my sort of what he said to me was get it when you get the chance to cross it, cross it. Then put it down the channels for what is pace, put it down the channels. Um, so that was it, really. It wasn't. It wasn't rocket science what we've done, and um, that, that reminds me a lot of how Leicester have played this year. How you lot played? Get the ball up the quick, up the pitch as quickly as possible. Didn't matter if it was Johnny uh, Solarco running up the wing with it and and yeah. getting it in, or but it was just that quick break, wasn't it? Yeah, I think that's just that's why we sort of like we done well in that second year because that's the way. None could sort of could be different. We were different. We were a bit like Wimbledon. We was different how we done it. And then after we tried it again the year after, and then people sort of sussed it out, and that's when we started to struggle a bit. But I think, I think yeah, I think we just we were just so direct in how we played. Like we had long throws, Andy Gray would throw it in. I really like to think Andy goals for some set pieces. We spent hours touching corners and free kicks and whatever, and it used to pay off. Mike Sims, uh, Mike CPFC can, which is uh, Mike, Mike lives in Canada. He said. Um, Joe only saw Phil play one match, and that was the cup final, the first time Palace had been on TV in Canada. Uh, my question was, what was most nerve-wracking, trotting out onto a Wembley pitch in front of 100,000 or singing glad all over on live TV? Pard's demeanour demeanor suggested it wasn't that cool a gig. Uh, no, no, we had two goes. We had the Blue Peter one, and I think yeah, it was more nerve-wracking doing live TV than playing the cup final, because especially yeah. with... We signed a stupid deal with high tech for the old players' ball with the most ridiculously coloured tracksuits on and t-shirts on. Yes, yeah, so that was the most nerve-wracking thing. Singing, singing live on the Derek Jameson show. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a name you've you, you've brought up from the past. Um, oh, blimey, he was a character, Derek Jameson. Um, Tony Johnston, CJ61, CPFC, said, um, Alan Pardew said on Saturday that it's a tough life being a professional footballer. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah, I wish I was one, now. 
it's heartbreaking, and I know one of them yeah. personally as well. But um, yeah. anyway, listen, Phil, we got to wrap it up. Um, no problem. I really appreciate your time. Um, my son's an aspiring golfer. I'll sort out with Jim, and maybe one day we'll have a little whack around the London club and yeah. and, and shoot a fat over. That would be lovely. What, what would have been? What could have been? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Need to have a month's notice game before Jim gives me any time off. That's the thing. Not even a long time. Phil, no thanks very much. Cheers, mate. Yeah. No problem. Take care. Thank Enjoy you. the final. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, Cheers mate. Bye. Bye. Well, that was um, part of our Phil Barber interview. It's, it's the, um, the actual interview is a lot longer, and we're going to be releasing that as a podcast, special podcast tomorrow night from 8pm. Um, and if you're not sure where to get a podcast from, if you go to wholeradio.net, you'll find links there, or you can subscribe through your iTunes. And I've just pluralized. No, I haven't pluralized iTunes. Um, you can get... But yeah. Yeah, anyway. You, you can get it through your iTunes or your... Um, <laughs> <laughs> or your, or your pod, pod kickers or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's well worth listening to the whole interview. He's very down to earth. Um, any thoughts on what he said there, Chris? Yeah, I have. Yeah, that uh, the bit about the coaching was, was a huge eye-opener. It put me in mind of when we talked to Andy Gray, you know, the time we did it properly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Lots of time he phoned up and it was horrific. The, uh, Andy, the, time, Gray. Yeah, the, the Andy Gray. Yeah, the Andy Gray. It's the side of football that doesn't get talked about, isn't it? And and it's it's interesting to hear you know a, a seem you know a clearly intelligent you know um a conscientious bloke just say that part of football's not for me you know it, it's it's too hard it's too hard to get, to break people's hearts to to tell them that their you know their their dream is effectively over at least for the for the time being and uh, you know it's it's ruthless yeah. they should just be thankful they're not greyhounds actually <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that part also for me, I remember I, I got, you know, um, you know I coach and the kids that I coach, you know, not the same level. Some of them actually have gone on to play professionally, but mostly not. So I always emphasize on them is that, you know what, you really have to, in this country, you really have to focus on finishing school, going to college, getting your college degree. Because in this country, you really can't go anywhere without a college degree. You really can't. So, you know, sp- you know coach some good players. And that really, that's, that's always the part that, you, you know, they don't, they, they focus on football that much and they you know there's, there's no future it really bothers me so i really like the fact that joe mentioned in that interview that there is that um study center doing a lot more work with those kids who you know we released eight kids the other day and you know some of them might end up being professional some won't and if they don't focus on an education and or some kind of future outside of football you know it's it's, it's depressing so i really like, it was it was nice to hear someone who's been involved and say you know what it's just not stop for me it's not for everybody it really isn't yeah you're right talking of being kicked out in the cruelest fashion um a certain mr danny butterfield was ejected, ejected, from the Ultimate 25 squad, 25-man squad. Um, I loved your chat about Steve Koppel last week, by the way. Um, you didn't mention his, how long was he at Man City for? Was it one day or three days? I can't remember. It was 43 days, wasn't it? Was it 43 days? Yeah, oh, sure. Just couldn't take the pressure there, but maybe he's one of those managers that only does well at one club. He, um, I remember him saying at the time, it was he, he just didn't, he just knew it wasn't going to work, and he's not one to just to stick around when it's not going to work, like he did when Simon Jordan took over at oh. Palace. He just he just knew it wasn't going to work, so he walked. He's a he's an honourable yeah. man. Anyway, he's a legend yeah. in line, uh, Bristol City as well. Couple, yeah. Yeah. yeah, same yeah. same sort of scenario there where he knew wasn't going to get along with the people higher up, and just said, "Yeah, this is not for me." And we haven't seen him sort of since really, have we? We've seen him direct our football 
positions, but don't think you'll see him return to management anytime soon. Talking talking of um, ex-managers, I noticed that um, anagrammatically Acorn Winkle has been linked with a Newcastle United job if um, what's his face Benitez goes. What do you think, Chris? Warnock at Newcastle? It'd be, <laughs> it'd, it'd be part of me would laugh, but the other uh, side, there's, there's a huge part of me that really likes Neil Warnock, and that sounded yeah. really weird, yeah. but don't think too much about how I phrased it. Think about what I actually mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is, he, he did an absolutely tremendous job keeping Rotherham in the championship. They were, they were dead and buried when he took over them, and, and just, he just turned it around. Um, uh, and he's, he's a fantastic manager at that level. Yep. Given, given a bit of money to spend on you know, damaged players, if you like, players with talent who have, for whatever reason, fallen off the radar or struggled at their current club. He will build a team out of that. He will pick favourites. He'll alienate players that aren't performing and, and get them out of the team and out of the club. And, and that's what Newcastle need. So, in a way, I, I hope they don't do it. But yeah. if they do, I also kind of hope that his powers have waned because <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want him coming back up. But, I, I, you know, I don't think it's as, as funny as other people do. I think he'd be a good choice for them. I, I've got a lot of time for him. He managed, he managed my, my, one of my favourite Palace teams, um, you know, the team where we had... 2008, uh, 2009, S- something like that. Sinclair, Moses, yeah. Swart, Swart, um, Soares and uh, Watson. I love that team. And we were so close to going up that season. I think if we went up that season... You know, we'd have probably consolidated our position in the Premier League a little bit earlier than we have done now. So, yeah. Yeah, so then having said that, I, I wouldn't trade it now. I'm, I'm happy. No, of course not. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it all worked out in the end, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. It all worked out. So, up instead of... Um, Butterfield. Uh, up, up instead of Butterfield, that's it. Um, we've got a certain Paul Hinshelwood. Now, Hinshelwood was playing for Palace when I first went. But I was about six, and I really, really can't remember much about him. <laughs> Alex Penge concedes that he knows F all yep, about Paul Hinchelwood. So I'm going to have to go to our elder statesman. I knew it. Patrick. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. It's <laughs> on the show today, isn't it? Play? Yes, I did. Unlike you, I was eight when he first came up in 73. I saw him play for, well, I, left in, I saw him play most of his career because he left in 83. Um, he came up as a striker, and if you know how Paul Winchwood, how he's ever a striker, I'll never, I'll never know. He was tall and gangly. He must be a good head of the ball because he was, his control was terrible. But as a right back, he was very, very good for us. He was part of the two teams that got us promoted. The uh, team that went up from the third division to second division under Venables, and obviously the one that came up in seventy eight, seventy nine. He was a very good right back for us. I mean, he wasn't spectacular, you know. He, Played a long time for us. I mean, 200-some-plus appearances for us. Um, Solid right back, you know, with Kenny Sassam on the, on, on the left side, with Cannon and Gilbert in the middle. And he was part of a very solid back four for quite a few years. You know, those, those four played, played together for, you know, four or five years together. It was yeah. very solid and um, did a good job. I had no problem. He had a funny nickname, Doris. And, you know, the, the question is, what was he, why was he called Doris? I've got a theory because he wasn't called Doris by the players. I think it was kind of the way he used to have that weird perm back in the in the late seventies. Yeah, kind of the, like the a little, little bit. Peter a Nicholas little, type. A little thing, exactly, a little girl, right? A little girlish. I think that might have been the reason. But again, if someone knows better, feel free to tweet that in. Like a Mike, Mike Tins might know better than I. But um, I, I liked him. Again, he was a solid player. He was voted in our centenary team. So you know, he's he's got a lot of got good goodwill. And again, I just saw him play. I actually remember his brother Martin too. Martin played in midfield for Palace. 
Um, so I remember him with brothers. So yeah, he was, he was a good player for us. A very, very solid right back. And again, we don't have a history of having great fullbacks. So I think he's definitely one of our best. Well, he, he won player of the year in 80 and 81, didn't he? And he's uh, got in the 2005 centenary 11. Um, did he, did he have a brother? Was it Martin? Yeah, Martin, Martin, Martin. yeah Martin. Martin. I just said that. Are you listening? Yeah, no, sorry. And he's reading with the team. I remember reading that it. team round about then. Did you have the likes of Peter Wall playing for Palace at that time? Peter Wall, Peter Wall came in. Peter Wall, he probably replaced Peter Wall. Peter Wall was in the early 70s team. He probably replaced him. Good. That's a good, good, good pick-up, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Nick? Chris? Can I, can I ask Patrick a question? And Please I, do. It may derail things, but I need to ask it. Um, <laughs> Go ahead. We're talking about Hinshelwood as a replacement for Butterfield, right? Right. But like both uh, Pemberton and John Humphrey are sitting in the in well, what's called the bin, but I like to call it the reserves of the ultimate twenty-five man squad. Was right. uh, was Hinshelwood better than both of them? Yes. Okay. He, he, was, he was asking me. So um, Pemberton obviously was much quicker, got forward better. I would say that Hinshelwood was a better defensive, you know, defensive right back. John Humphrey, Humphrey was interesting because he, he was very, very solid right back. The only problem I had with Humphrey is that he wasn't with Palace long enough. So I would honestly say, Chris, I think Humphrey was a little bit better than him. But okay. from, a, from a defensive standpoint and from a solid, solid standpoint, leadership standpoint, Hinshaw was a, was a very, I mean, I'm talking about old school, you know, 70s type right back. He was very, very solid. He played for the England I-21s at one point. Was never going to play for England, obviously, but he was, he, was, he, was, he, was, he was a solid right back, especially back in those days when that time, you didn't really get forward that much, you know what I mean? That wasn't really important. So, no, but I would say Humphrey was probably slightly better, but I think it's better than Pemberton, if that helps. Okay, okay. It's good. That informs me slightly. No problem. I've got something in the chat room from Cool Eagle who says, Martin was always considered the better brother, but unfortunately a career thwarted by injury. Injuries, you're absolutely right. He was. Uh, I was going to say the same thing. Martin was a more skilled player. Again, he was a midfielder, where his brother was a striker and then a fullback. And again, I think Martin was a better player, but you're right. Uh, Martin, unfortunately, got hurt a lot, so he didn't play. But I always thought, when I compared the two, I always thought Martin was a better player, which is kind of um, ironic. Does anyone remember Martin as manager of Brighton? Bit no. my as well. I knew he was really. I knew he was a manager, yeah. Yeah, yeah 2002. I don't, I don't remember that. But. Yeah. Chris, mm. in or being? Well, and I'm, based on the fact he's a, a Palace youth product, came through our youth system and played nearly 300 games for us, and based on the fact that I trust Patrick's judgment, I'm going for in. Nice one. Alex? For me, it's an in. Um, you know, I, li- I love the Centenary 11, you know, the Centenary DVD, you know, just learn about all these players, Don Rogers, Lombardo, um, and Hinchwood. Uh, for me, it's an in, uh, based on what Patrick said and based on what I've read and what I've seen in, on that DVD. Okay. Wow, the power of Patrick tonight. This is brilliant. Don't let it go to your head. I'm going to say it better not, right? Mm. Um, <laughs> well, on Twitter, 69% of Binding. They never know? saw him, and I bet they never saw him play, which is fine. Mm. I kind of want to make him Bind just to see Mikey go into <laughs> meltdown. <laughs> oh, Paul Ashby yeah. said, isn't Emerson Boyce worth consideration? Of course yes, he is. He. Yes. Oh, he didn't come up. Didn't, didn't come up for. Um, wasn't well, nominated. I'm, I still can't believe that Vince Hilaire isn't in his team. Oh, here we go. And Vince Hilaire at right back <laughs> over over Doris. <laughs> Just get him in the team. We'll do that next season. Taking your inning him. 
Yeah, but you know what, Nick? Yeah, I'm going to end him short. But you know what? You're absolutely right. You know, the more I think about it, I mean, I, I, I really feel badly because I saw him, again, I saw Hillary come up to the youth team with, with, with the same team with, with Gilbert and, uh, and Sansom. And he was a good player. I'm actually really upset that, he, that he's not in the team. You know, the more you say that, much more than a Jerry Murphy. He's a much better player than Murphy was. So you're right. He should, but unfortunately, he's not going to make it. But you're right. Hillary should have made it. If for no other reason, by the way, he's on Doc Brown's shirt. The fresh Vince of Hilaire. That was brilliant. That Doc Brown T-shirt. T-shirt, yeah. Is it? No, it's, yeah, it's, is it? No, it's cool. It, yeah. Oh, it's love a it. great T-shirt. I love There's it. a question yeah. for you in the uh, in the chat, Patrick. Maybe I see it. it. Talking of Doc. Does Patrick? Wait, wait, wait. Question: Does Patrick remember the groundsman's name? He lived off top end of Whitehorse Lane. I think it was yeah, Lenny Chatton. I thought it was because that was yeah, Nick Chatton. Nicky yeah, Nicky played, yeah, it's Len Chatton. Nice guy, he used to let me in. By the way, quick story, he used to let me in the ground at halftime for the Palace matches, like in the early 70s, because no one would go in. So, he was a really nice guy, Len Chatton. Really, really nice guy. Excellent. Talking of Doc Brown, she's um, kind of a wild, wild tangent. Um, <laughs> he's he's uh, made an excellent uh, oh, unofficial so, FA Cup so team. Good. So good, so um, good. We're not sure whether we can play it or not because he hasn't. We 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 never really gave him much time when we asked him whether whether we had permission. Um, he said we, he oh, said we, we can. can but we're going to play it in the thing we're doing tomorrow. Yes, the podcast. So I can safely say that the final piece of the Palace Ultimate Twenty Five Jigsaw has fallen into place. Paul Doris Hinchelwood has replaced Danny. Perfect hat trick. <laughs> Mate, are you all right? <laughs> Your speech pattern just went really weird. Yes, no. Danny Perfect hat trick Butterfield, which leaves us with goalkeepers Nigel of the Martin, John Jackson, Julian Speroni. Defenders, we have Paul Hinshelwood, Scott Dan, Eric Young, Jim Cannon, Andy Fawn. And midfielder made up of Wilf Zaha, Peter Taylor. Don Rogers and John Salarco. And our forwards, Ian Wright, Andy Johnson, Mark Bright, Dougie Friedman. Oh, we've got more defenders. I wait, think wait, wait, out. wait. Yeah, I missed out Klein. I missed out Sansom. I missed out Yeah. Midfield, I missed out Jeff Thomas, Andy Gray, Real RT, Lombardo and Southgate. And I missed Clinton up front. Um, see, if I, had, if I had my own way, if I had my own way, Aki... Aki would step down and let Vince in. You Next week, we pick our ultimate 25-man squad chairman. Do we or not? I don't know. Probably. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, There's a show not? next week. Is there a game next week? No. Is there a game next week? Only a cup final. <laughs> anyway. Hmm. Say it. I suppose we should uh, wrap that up then. Um, Thank you ever so much, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Jill, for not showing up. Thank you, Chris, for coming on and ruining it. And <laughs> uh, my, my biggest thanks go to um, Patrick and Alex for being excellent panellists. And thank you for Tom, ably assisted by Sam. Producing, don't forget, Phil Barber, podcast out 8pm Monday. Cup final special will be announced on the Twitter and Facebook pages. Hey, Nick. Yes? Good job today. You're my third favourite. You still did a good job today. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice one, Patrick. Oh, dear. I just realised. Oh, I said producer Tom. I said producer Mikey. 
It's Mikey and Sam. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? That's why you're third, by the way. (laughs) If it it was Tom, we'd have had about four or five different clips played in by now, just (laughs) randomly, and then we'd have all gone there three times. Got something you'd like to get off your chest? Tweet us now at Whole Radio. If it wasn't for the cup final, pass If it out. wasn't for the cup final, listen to what you just pass said. That out. makes no sense. If it wasn't, now, so even survival didn't. Ball. Survival now, didn't have a survival no, fourth year in the Premier League. Survival by the skin of our bloody you teeth. People, oh, I tell you, you people really are a bunch of plastic. Seriously, you really Yay. are. <laughs> seriously, how can you say you that? Know. How can you really say if it wasn't for the cup final? The biggest match in our history is coming up in a week, and you're saying if it wasn't for that game? Are you serious? No. The biggest like a Brighton match fan, mate. It was the Watford playoff to get us uh, there. It was until the cup final. Right, and now we're here, and if we win okay, next so Saturday... Okay, so it's bigger than the last cup final, is it? Yeah. No, I, I think so. I oh, really do. We haven't lost it yet. Because I'm there. Yeah, it's, yeah. it genuinely is because we haven't lost it yet. Yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can I uh, play devil's advocate in this argument where you're talking over each other? Yeah, um, it's, it's, it's tough to see uh, to see you just throwing caution to the wind and speaking at the same time even though we know Skype cuts one of you out at least but anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> there, there is a very very serious point to be made about the second half of this season that we, we can't ignore as a, as a you know to be representative of, of the fan base of you know, to to do what we're supposed to do, what we set out to do, and talk about Palace, we we have we do have to look at the second half of the season and say we only just about did enough to stay in the division. Yes. And, and serious question marks have to be asked if we don't do something major in the summer. But I agree. But but we, but we did. But we did focus, prioritize the cup, and if we that there's no doubt in that. Um, it was said before the season started. We want to we want a cup this year. It was. We we went reasonably far in the League Cup, um, but we absolutely threw everything at a trophy this year. It nearly cost yep. us our league status, yep. and and I don't I don't want us to do it again. But listen, I'm, I'm trying to draw I was trying to draw parallels in my mind this morning about it because Pardew has tried to set us up for this cup run in the exact same way of the previous cup run, hasn't he? He's tried to take he's got Copley involved. He's tried to take them on holidays at the same sort of times, all that kind of stuff. Tried to get the same routine going. Um, and, I, and, I, and I think what, he, what his, his next thing is going to be when we got to the cup final in, in 90 and, and okay we, we lost it but when we got there we weren't great in the league you know we, we survived but we weren't great in the league following the following year we third. finished third best ever yep. finish yep. that's the aim that's what we got our aim at uh, so I think that's if he, if he can take that on and, and kick us on in that way great but um Two wins in twenty, Chris. Two wins in the last twenty games is yeah, it's shocking. And if I hadn't renewed my season ticket, if I had to sit through that crap, I wouldn't renewed it. Seriously, cup final or not, it's it's it's, it's been appalling. I think we've we've played we've played better than than two wins, not much better, but we've played better than results have given us a lot in a lot of games, in my view. Um, What do we think the new owners think about this? I think they're probably very happy we've got a cup final as well. Yeah, I think they're I think they're fine because I think they invested in the club for the exposure we're gonna get. We're going they're gonna come we're coming over here again on a North American tour which is good for the brand and I think the fact we got to a cup final which is gonna be very highly publicised and we're still in the Premier League, they're just they're they're fine, trust me. The team they own over here are both horrible, so trust me, Palace are like <laughs> this crown jewel. 
And I'm not even being sarcastic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you really are, seriously. We are by far the crown jewels. Put that in perspective, Mr. Gusset. Yeah, no, but the, 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 the thing is that the, the cup final is papering over some... They're not even paper-thin cracks, uh, but I don't know if you can paper again, over cracks that are bigger than paper. But you hear what Chris said to you? We, this, it is so obvious. We totally prioritised the FA Cup. It was spoken with between the manager and the owner. You just know Parrish said, I want a cup run. And we got luck. We, we played some good teams, beat some good teams. They got Reading in the quarterfinal, got lucky. Played great in the semifinal, beat Watford. And we're in the final. And I think that's, that, that was our goal. And we've done it. And to survive. And Chris right, we did it by skin of our teeth, but we did survive. And next year is the big year. But who's to say we don't have a great year next year based on the fact that we've got $100 million coming in, plus we're, we're the rainy cup. I did Pounds, mate. Pounds. Well, if I was Alan Pardew, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't show the players the fixture list and tell them every week's a cup game. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, Nick, and obviously we are, we are going to talk about the, um, the cup in, in more detail in the, in the pod we're recording. How come, how come we can beat Southampton in the cup every time, but we can't mm. beat them in the flipping league? We did beat them in the league the first game. Are you see you, 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 <laughs> We beat them at home, Nick. We beat them at home. Are you serious? It was that the first game of the season? Oh, I was on a train it, it somewhere. Like, probably. Like... Yeah, you probably were, mate. They, look, they, were on a, they were on a terrific run at the and moment they, as well. They had but... the second best record behind Leicester of the second half of the season. The second best record. We didn't lose to a... We played a bunch of... Oh, my... You got, you but, no, look. It, we, can't, we, can't, we can't deny, Patrick, that we, we've got to do better as a club in the league, though. I, I, I think we got to do better in the league at home more. If we do it at home, yeah. we'd be fine. I think it's the way at home from us killing us because you, you pay your money, you're going to see that, that rubbish. I understand that. But again, we prioritise the cup. Now, if we had a poor cup run, then I would have said, you know what? But again, let's put it on the manager because I think the manager's more to blame than anything else. More yeah, than, I think so. He's really... Is it you, you know, Patrick, that brought up the stat that Peter Taylor has a better home record managing Palace than Alan Pardew? That wasn't me. It was Tom put it in the chat. That's but it was it, it was true. Oh it was a, it, yeah. I read it last week. Actually, he he actually won twice as many games, and almost it was twenty one points to thirty nine points. He actually had almost double the amount of points. Peter Taylor, that's what we've been, we've been terrible at home. All, ever since we've just gone back to the Premier League, haven't we? We were terrible under Holloway at home. Terrible under Pulis at home. Now we were okay in the beginning with Pardew. Remember, we were very good under Pardew. We were like few games. Man City, come mm. on, beat Man City, beat Tottenham. We were very good last year, but this right. year has been absolutely horrible. There's no excuse that we've been horrible this year. But no, we were fine under... Actually, Pardew turned around Warnock's poor record uh, last year at home. But again, I understand. If, if, we're pay, if you're paying for that drivel, I'd be upset too. But again, we're in a cup final. And that's all I care about right now. I'm paying a lot of money to come over, so we better not lose. <laughs> Third time I've been in this country in, in, in a year. I haven't been in England. Like, I wouldn't come for like eight years in a row. I'm going to be... This is the first time I've been in a country in, a, in five months. That is amazing. You're going to... You're going to start getting taxed if you keep coming over, Patrick. <laughs> Thinking the same thing. And or frisk uh, at, um, at the border control, you know. What are you doing over again? You'll, you'll be able to get non-dom status in America. <laughs> Good point. Yeah. So, Alex, are you disappointed with league form or not? Or are you? Well, I'm, I'm disappointed, yeah. And I don't think the performances have been the greatest. But, you know, we've got a cup run, which is something that we haven't had for a long time. You know, I've never seen us in a in a FA Cup semi final. Nineteen ninety five, last time, before that, nineteen ninety. So they don't come. They're once in a generation uh, experiences for a team like Crystal Palace. And I, I just the performances are, for me are more important. And I think the performances haven't been the greatest. You know, the results. You know, this, the Premier League's a tough league. 
You know, we've seen it today. You know, the likes of Newcastle competed a team competed for the title five one. You know, I think they're relegated already. Yeah, they're, they're relegated already. It just shows you the unpredictable nature of this division. Right. You know, you know, look at Man City. Man City at the beginning of the season were one of the best teams in the division, then they've tailored off and almost missed out on Champions League. So, for me, the performances are more important, and I don't think the performances have been great. And I think. Something that needs to be sorted dramatically in the summer, and I think with the more the more money that we've got, the money from the investors and the owners, you know, it's a big, big summer for us. It could go one direction or it could go the other, and I just hope it goes the good direction. And I hope we invest in the squad in the right way. Um, and I still, I do think that's still based on us bringing bringing in a striker because we've seen, you know, if this rumor about Wickham is is correct, you know, we can't keep relying on Wickham if he's if he's Fitness is not is not the greatest. We need we need somebody we can rely on for the whole season. Well, he's made of glass, isn't he? Yeah. I can't believe at the start of the season, and it has been a season, definitely a season of two halves, and it was kind of the the opposite of the season before. That we were we were especially during the early weeks. We, I genuinely said I thought we'd finish fourth, and I genuinely meant it at the time. And Chris, you were talking about sixth, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. And it was just we it just went to shit after January. And the difference between how I knew we can play and how we were playing was so shocking that it's got to be down to the manager if he's not getting the player's psychologies right. Well, it, well, it is, but it, it was also down to um, injuries. We, we, injuries. But we kept we kept a settled team through the best period of the season, and as a result, the players that we had to step up were just too. They were they weren't up to the rhythm. They were they, they were sort of devoid of competitive football. And we go into that conversation we always have about the standard of reserve football these days is next to non-existent. So the, the fringe players don't really play anything anything like competitive football. So for a team like us, where we've got players, the players on the fringes aren't great, you know, at, at times, and they need to be at a hundred percent. Pretty much, I'd say a good half our squad needs to be at the top of their game. To be, well, then, to be considered not... a, a Premier League player, in my view, and I don't want to be I'm not trying to be harsh on people. Even even the captain, even Jednak, needs to be at the absolute top of his game to be, in my view, to be a, a considered a Premier League player. And... Exactly, exactly right, Chris. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt yeah. you here. It's, it's been a long show, even though it hasn't gone on that long. If you know what I mean, mm. um, I've completely forgotten what I was going to say, Patrick. Brutal. Oh, I'm getting old. Yeah, but you know, don't. You know, you haven't heard it yet, yet, but Phil Ball made a great point about the way Leicester plays. Leicester plays a certain style of football. That I'm telling you right now, it's going to get sussed out next year. It's not hard. You cannot give it that much possession and try and catch teams on a break. And he compared it to 1990 Crystal Palace. He said when Palace uh, did well that year, in when they got finished third, we played a certain way with Wright and Bright and Salako and McGoldrick. And when teams sussed them out the following year, we didn't do as well. And I think that might have been a problem with us this year. I think, you know, with, with Belassi and Zaha, on top of the injury, but the way that we play... And I think I think that the manager tried to address that. I think he tried to play differently at points with um you know with playing Balassi more central etc. Because they think you know teams figured us out last year. You know we were a great counter attacking side. We caught teams on a break. We used our speed out wide and hopefully that'll work again on Saturday. But I think that's the thing that you have to worry about is that can our manager adapt and change because you cannot play the same way consistently in this league and not get sussed out eventually because eventually they will figure out how you play and you'll get beat. I, I, he's got to go out and get the players to play the way he wants to play. Right, I which think, is I what? He's caught, I, don't see, I don't know how he yeah. plays. I don't remember. Well, no, he's, he's caught. He's, in my mind, he's caught between. He's caught between trying to get the best system for the players we've got, right? But also trying to transition us into playing the way he wants us to play. And you can see him at the, at the, at the sides. 
you know, he's always trying to get us to play quick, one-touch yes, passing football. Yes, he says football. that a lot, doesn't he? He says that, go quick, he's go quick, go quick. Absolutely convinced that's the way to go. But we're not right. there yet. And you've, you've, you've seen the difficulty he's got, and, and we alluded it to it earlier in the show before you spoiled it, um, was that uh, Kabai and Punction don't seem to be play well if they're, if they're playing together. Yeah. You know, Punch was super today. Absolutely really? super. Um, Nick, can I lighten the tone? Because you, you've been ranty. Yeah, very ranty. I'm in a really, really yeah. shit mood, and I don't yeah. know why I've got a cup final to look forward to. Uh, the sun's been shining. I've been doing lots and lots of work. I'm just... I, just, I looked at the league, and I've... I've all through the Southampton game, I thought about the results we've got this season. And it's just really bloody annoyed me. Yeah. Well, this might cheer I played bubble football Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> Where, I don't know if you've seen it, but essentially you get into a giant perspex, say perspex, giant sort of plastic bubble yeah. inflated around you and your arms are sort of trapped against your chest. <laughs> and you try and play five sides. Oh. But what basically happens is everyone runs at each other full pelt and just knocks each other over. <laughs> and until you've been knocked over at high speed by someone you haven't seen while being in a giant bubble, you've not lived, mate. It's amazing. I have, actually, because I've been into giant bubble snooker. I was <laughs> that, one of the Reds. <laughs> Is that actually true? That isn't actually true that you just made that up. I was the the red on the bottom corner of the triangle. There were only there were only there were only uh, five reds. Oh, right, um, but cool. yeah, but you didn't you didn't um, strike the ball. They just kicked a kind of really hard ball, and then you you could be sitting there for hours waiting for somebody to um, pot you. <laughs> it gets warm in there. Ugh. It does. Honest, it does. They played um, getting out of the pocket. Fucking impossible. <laughs> <laughs> but they seriously like they, they you do like um, a five minute game and then you, you everyone has to stop and get out and have a drink because you're just sweating so much. Um, but like then they they make you play um, British Bulldog as well. So obviously one guy in a bubble stands at one end and all the rest just run at him and eventually he knocks enough people over to join his team. All that kind of stuff. It's really good. I, I strongly advise listeners to uh, go and give it a go if they haven't done and they're inclined for that sort of thing. It's it's not, yeah, yeah. Some I, there was a couple of lads ran. I've never heard a noise like it. They just they were running as quickly as they could go at, um, at kickoff, literally, and just ran directly into each other. And the the noise and the look on the, of terror on their face as they sort of launched themselves into the air in opposite directions and bounced around. It was it's just phenomenal. I, I I loved it. Question. Yeah. Is Weebles an American thing or is that a British thing? No, Weebles wobble, but they don't, they don't fall, fall down. down right? No, Weebles, <laughs> 70s toy. It is, right? Yeah. I thought, I couldn't remember if I was over here or over there. Yeah, it so, sounded like a Weeble there, Chris, so it sounded like fun. Yeah, yeah, although I did fall down. It <laughs> does look like one, actually. I, I definitely had a Weeble that had that kind of, um, that kind Shape. of rectorish beard face. <laughs> Rector, not rector. Yeah, Rector-ish. just checking that. Thanks for clarifying. Yes, oh, I, I, I help help Nick. I imagine you to be a chaplain of some sort, Chris. I don't know why. It's just your look. But really? you, you do very well in the clergy, I think. That's very kind of you to say, Nick. Yeah. <laughs> You'd do very well in the clergy. I think you would. Father Hambling. Uh, is, it, is it too late? The pastor. Never, never too late, is it? Nah, Past his sell-by date. Oh, you had to go there, didn't you? You had to get a pun in somewhere. He hasn't punned all night, which is great. Oh, so I haven't punned 
for about five weeks. Yeah, because you got mad because Chris got mad because you punned too much. So now you've cut back on your pun. You over-punned. Exactly. I, I haven't punned at all, really. And um, people kept going on about my punning, and I wasn't punning. <laughs> I, just, I don't know why. And then Albert comes out with loads and loads of puns, and then calls me the punmeister. When actually it's him more than me. <laughs> I can hate everyone today. Oh, my gosh. Wow. See you Saturday, Nick, all right? Yeah, you, I'll be happy you, Saturday. Do you want to end you your want. show? End your show, Nick, please. Well, Thanks for listening to the Whole Radio Podcast. Tune in for more. Whole Radio. When? When? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, really want to crash. Bye. <laughs> Cheers, everyone. <laughs> it's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.